Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Here at the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their passion. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I'm so excited that you guys have joined us today because I have a very special guest with me. Uh, I'm going to classify him as a mentor. Um, He's a guy that I've actually started my career with and have been able to learn a lot from over the years, and uh, he's agreed to join me on this podcast, so uh, I believe you guys are in for a real treat. He's also uh, a podcaster himself. If you guys have listened to the Successful Life Mindset podcast with him and Cliff Ravenscraft, uh, they actually did a fantastic podcast as well. So I'd like to introduce Mr. Tracy Trost. Tracy, thanks for joining us. Good to be here. I'm glad you said mentor instead of mental. Yes. (laughs) It was on the tip of my tongue. I've been described as mental before, so it wouldn't be a first. uh, It's good to be here, Mr. Yotaki. Thank you. Appreciate the time, as as you said, um, for our listeners. Evan and I... How many years, Evan? How many years has it been that we've known each other? Gosh, we worked together for about 10, is that correct? About 10 years. Uh, I believe it started in about 2004. Four. So 12 years. That's craziness. When Evan came to me, he was this this little wet behind the ear, fresh out of the chute, uh, college grad. Had a lot of retail experience, right? And uh, hadn't worked really in the business the business realm. But I'll say one thing about Evan. You throw something at that boy and he will get it done. Uh, I remember I threw some really crappy <laughs> jobs very, your way. Very crappy. When we first started out. Uh, one of the things I, uh, I like to do, I'll tell you what, to me, attitude... In uh, in the workplace is so much more valuable than ability, uh, skills, abilities, uh, techniques, all that can be taught um, if you have somebody who's willing to learn. Uh, but attitude is something that's you know deep down inside. And if somebody's got a bad attitude, I don't care how skilled they are. Uh, I see it as kind of a cancer, and I'll cut that out of my my body, my work really quick. But uh, to Evan's credit. Um, when we started out, I was just starting to launch a new product line, and I needed somebody to call uh, every possible hotel in the United States of America. And every try and Holiday s- Inn, yeah. <laughs> All 3,000 of them at the time. It was like 2,700. You have this, these are bad memories for you, huh? Are they good memories? Well, it was one of those things where I guess I was too naive to know exactly how horrible cold calling was. Yeah. And so I was just like, sure, I'll call that. Because at the time, I don't know if you knew this, when you hired me, you were paying me more than I was making before for just my base. So I was happy to be there. I didn't have to stand up all day. I wasn't working retail hours. Yeah. So I was loving that and uh, got the list. I'm like, okay, this will uh, this will be a good place to start. I should be able to get some of these guys to do something. Yeah. And, and so I, Evan, he stuck at it. I remember you were, you were hitting like almost four or 500 people a week yeah. uh, when it was going. And he burned through the list. I expected the list to last a month or so. He burned through it in, the, in a couple of weeks. 
And uh, I was like, wow, so this guy's going after it. So then, then Evan, uh, as we were working together, and here's the thing to me, if you're a person who's wanting to move forward and work, if you make yourself so valuable, so promotable, so much of an asset to the company, they cannot deny promoting you, right? Mm-hmm. And Evan was one of those kinds of guys. As we got going, he would master something and he'd be like, what do you got next? And I'd say, well, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And then we would kind of brainstorm something out. And, you know, the next thing you know, Evan's doing it. And, you know, four or five years later, the kid is the CEO of my corporation. And at the time, it was a rather large corporation. Yeah. And uh, he just nailed it. He went after it. And pretty soon he becomes the face to all of our clients. Um, I'm really good at developing a relationship with like the, the owners, the presidents and all that. But I'm not the guy that you want working on daily stuff with a client. Right? I, li- I liken you to the entrepreneur and myself to the more of the manager type role. Manager, exactly. manager technician if we're getting into the e-myth. Yeah. Uh, so. And, and that was where you stepped in, and and it worked really well because I was uh, I needed someone to ha- be that daily face. Uh, I could call up the owners and say, "Hey, how's your kids? How's the hockey game? You know what's going on? How was your trip to Bermuda? You know all that stuff, and do all the schmoozy, uh, let's be friends stuff, which is important. And on the other hand, though, I was also the guy that when things were going well, that got those calls at you know. 10 o'clock at night and said, you know, hey, this isn't working. Rah, rah, rah. To be fair, you got one of those phone calls in a 10-year period. So No, uh, <laughs> it's been more than the, the one that you knew about. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we both remember that one. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, I mean, that's, those are the things that you, you have to do. But I think that's an important thing to understand. If you are an entrepreneur or you're somebody who's getting into business or wants to advance in business, find out what your strengths are. Not everybody's good at everything, and you shouldn't have to be. What you got to find out is what you're good at, what you enjoy, and work towards that because that will always be valuable to somebody and it's not about the glory it's not about the glamour it's about how can i every day do something that will advance the uh, the plan of this company or advance the mission of this organization and that's kind of how we look at it you know in this company that i have now is our clients it's like yes i can provide a service to you but how do i help you advance what you're trying to do so, but I know that's not what we're talking about today. No, I, man, I'm just I'm, this is this is turning into the Tracy show, and which is great because uh, I don't have to think as much. I, you I don't have to talk, it. right? One of the things you said uh, a little like bit, what times I did the work you didn't think, right? Whoa, hey, now, oh, hey, hey, now, hey, now. <laughs> um, one of the things I liked what you said earlier is you loved finding people with the right attitude over the ability, and ability can be trained, um, but attitude is probably one of the most important things, and. Uh, as I told you kind of before the podcast started was, you know, we want to speak to those guys who are just getting started, who, who is probably where I was 10 years ago when I first kind of walked in your door. And uh, I believe that based on what you're saying, I, I've, I've been able to be successful at having the right attitude and doing those kinds of things. But I don't know that everyone has that as an intrinsic ability. But what I, I'd love about um, attitude is when you find the right people with the right attitude, you create a culture. You said that um, you would actually, if, if they had the wrong attitude, you would cut those people out. And if you have a bad people. attitude, you will not last long in my organization. Exactly. So, oh well, let me say this: I will give you an opportunity to reevaluate your attitude mm-hmm. and see if you're willing to make the changes. The hard part is those attitudes many times based on their own personal culture, where they grew up, how they grew up, the things that they were taught. If mm-hmm. you have a, and one thing I'm kind of seeing from. I guess you call them the millennial generation. Is that right? The twenty-somethings. 
that yeah, m- but technically I'm a millennial, so. No, oh, you're on the upper end of my, one thing I'm seeing though is more of a sense of entitlement than a sense of servitude. Yes. You know, when I show up at work, I'm here. I was here on time, so I should get a bonus or I should be recognized or something. Participation it, trophy for getting here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so to me, you're doing the least. I mean, to me, on time is 10 minutes early. You know, uh, reports given should have things in there that I haven't asked for because you thought of it and it's beyond what I even understood. I had a meeting with a guy today and I was kind of describing the job that I needed him to do, but I said, that's just my understanding of the job. I need you to own this job and I need you to be better at it than I ever could be because if you're not better than I am, then what do I need you for? Exactly. I need to surround myself with people who think differently than I do take me, push me beyond the things that I'm thinking or abilities I have and own this thing. So to me, it's, I mean, if you have a sense of entitlement, you're not going to do that. You're going to be looking to the owner and saying, what have you done for me? You know, mm-hmm. instead of what can I do for you? Because if you come at it with what can I do for you? How may I serve you? Trust me, you, you will be rewarded for your attitude and for your work. But if you want things, You'll never have enough because you'll never be happy because inside you're not happy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, kind of some of the stuff you talked about earlier was like for me, like I don't think I came in with a sense of entitlement. Um, You didn't. I I actually came in with a ownership mentality. And so for me, it was uh, if I was going to do this, I was going to make it me. I was going to try to help you guys be successful so you could do. And that's the thing I liked about you. So I gave you a task. You owned it. Yeah. And you told me where I was wrong in a situation and how we should do it differently. Something I didn't even see. But you're on the phone with these people every day. Mm-hmm. I was not. So you're picking up information. You're saying, coming back, I think our approach to this is wrong, and here's what it should be. Yeah. You know, instead of I think, or, or instead of coming to me and saying, this isn't working. You need to fix it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I believe that. I mean, I don't know that everyone feels that they have the opportunity to give that kind of feedback to a boss or a superior or whatever else. And I think that comes back to kind of the culture that we were talking about. And trying to wind me into our, our – I am. I'm trying to reel you back in. We have a <laughs> – You're teeing it up, and I'm just like, oh, that's a great lead. we're working for. <laughs> so the, the, the subject today is about culture. Yeah, I want to talk about culture. And the reason I want to talk about culture, and I, specifically I want you to talk about culture, is because I was able to see firsthand when you started to shape culture in your business. And uh, for me, it, w- it kind of came as a surprise. It was uh, – I was – in my office, in the very back of the building, uh, in the closet. <laughs> the I, think, I think it was a. I think it was a supply closet at one time. But for me, it was a step up because <laughs> I actually had a door, and so I was just like, "No, I kept it we open were, all the first time." First, we had a we had like a a, a towel or a blanket or something covering <laughs> the door. Remember that? At first? I don't think I no. There there was a blanket going between uh, yeah. the FWO part, and then yes. you walk into our offices. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that was. I think Sorry, it was a folks, shower curtain. At some you're going to have to go down our nostalgic path here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, no, I, I remember when you put a book on my desk and you wrote everyone a letter in the company mm-hmm. and uh, basically kind of said that this book had changed your life and, it, and it, it, was, it was a turning point for you that you needed to be more intentional with yourself, the decisions you make and everything else that you want to do. So if you don't mind, tell everybody a little bit about what that book was, what it meant to you and why you decided to share it with with the company and then ultimately start shaping the culture of, of our company. Sure. So I was at a bookstore. I found a book called The Lost Choice. I read the jacket on it. And I thought this could either be a really good motivational book or it could be some sort of weird pseudo spiritual book. So I got it. I read it. It had 
the message of that book was about choices that we make, choices that we don't make, and the lost choice, and how those affect our life. And so I look up the author, and the author's name was Andy Andrews. So I wrote a letter to uh, the email to the, the website, and I said, I just read your book. I found it fascinating. Um, and I ordered uh, The Traveler's Gift was another book that was on the website, and I ordered The Traveler's Gift. And I just, wanted, I just wrote an email and just said, hey, I really appreciate you putting out this message, right? The next thing you know, uh, Andy's manager, uh, Robert Smith, uh, calls me and says, hey, so glad. And he's this really upbeat guy. You know, yeah. So glad you got it. So glad you like this stuff. You know? Hey, I'm going to send you a little bit of a care package. All right, great. I get this box in my office of every book that Andy's ever done from way back in the day, multiple copies, signed copies, all this stuff, a letter telling me how much he appreciated me. Wow. And I was like, wow, this guy knows how to market because I just became a lifelong fan, right? <laughs> And so I read the book called uh, The Traveler's Gift, a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, let me suggest you read it. Um, the thing I like about that book is it basically takes you through uh, the choices that you make in life and how they are motivated, but it does it in such a creative way that if you're even not a reader, you will enjoy it because it has a, a great story. And it's historical events that have happened and how uh, choices that were made during this, these different historical times, how they affected our country, our people, how the difference of one little choice, either made out of fear or moving forward, even when you're afraid, how it changed and shaped our country, right? So I read that book, and I'm trying to think. I think I was going on Christmas break uh, before that. So I thought about it, and I, I thought, this is something that all my people need to know. And that was kind of a, a mind shift for me because I went from being a a person that had a company that was leading the company to do better sales, better service, you know, better product, to realizing that these people that are under my, I want to say my command, are I'm responsible for them in a way. And this responsibility really hit me heavily and I thought you know what more than just being the owner of the company or the boss I've been given these people are in my life for a certain period of time be it six months or six years I have a responsibility to them and it changed the whole way I see things so I wrote this letter basically explaining that how I've had this realization this revelation and I wanted to us to kind of move along in the same direction. So I thought the best way to do it is I bought a book for everybody. I signed it, I believe, for everybody as a gift. And I think at the time it was, what, what 10 or 12 people? Yeah, it was about uh, 10 people, I believe. Yeah. And we um, started a new tradition at uh, that time, Trust Consulting, and we started uh, having a book club. And it's kind of strange when I tell people that we have a book club. Uh, we uh, will read a chapter each week, and we will get together as a company and, and during that time was on Tuesdays, so we would do lunch. I'd buy lunch, bring lunch in, and I'd ask the same three questions. And that was, you know, in the truths of this chapter, how can I apply themselves to here to myself here at TCM? Or I'm sorry, <laughs> TCM. This what? We do TCM now at Trost <laughs> Consulting. How can I apply these to my my position here? How can we as a company uh, apply them to our customers? And then how can I apply them to myself individually? And we would ask these questions and answer those questions. And it's funny, and now you have to contest to this, Evan, but I remember at first it seemed strange to everybody that we would do a book club together. But I think after the first book, it kind of became the thing that we all look forward to. Yeah, well, first of all, there was free lunch, so you can't... Well, really, there's always that. You if you feed them, they will come, yeah, right? Yeah, you can't really go wrong there, So, and it was... It was always really good, so that helped. But 
I think at first there was a lot of hesitation because we're like, all right, we're not getting paid to do this. We're having to read a book. Like we're going back to school. Like we're, you know, Tracy's having Sunday school with everybody. (laughs) Um, But I think once we got about uh, two or three weeks into it, when you really started kind of uncovering where the story was going and everything else, that's when it really started to click like, okay, this is the stuff that I haven't learned in school. This is the stuff that I haven't necessarily thought about. And I think in, in that regard, it became intriguing because I wanted to see where it was going. I, I, I had an idea, but I wanted to kind of see it taken to completion because I knew that there was something more that I was not tapped into yet and that it was something that I needed. Yeah. And it changed the way that I look at employees now. Um, not that you know they are, I don't want to say subordinate, it's not the right word, but they're there to help me do what we need to do as part of the, the plan. I mean, I pay them for their time and they need to perform a service for us or for our clients. But now when I hire somebody, I sit down with them and if this is somebody I'm going to hire, I say, okay, here's something you need to understand. My number one goal with you as an employee is to help you better your life. And so if after six months or six years, whatever your tenure is with us, if you don't walk away feeling that I am a better person because of my time with uh, TCM or Trust Consulting or, or with Tracy as an individual, then I've not done my job. So I'm looking, and the, and the book meetings are part of that. But also, I mean, I've always been a, a people person. I've always enjoyed people. But now I make it a point with each one of my employees. Now, when you get to, you know, when you, like that one time at Trost, we had a hundred and when we had the call center, we had 120 yeah. some odd people. Mm-hmm. It got harder, but at that point I trained my managers to do the same thing. So I would meet with my managers, then my manager would, would break it down and meet with their people. So the message, though I wasn't individually meeting meetings at different times, at least they were getting the culture that you are more than just a worker here, you are an individual. And the thing is, realistically, if you look at it, we are all in the people business. You cannot build anything, move anything, ship anything, transport, buy, print anything without people. People are what make everything work. So if you're not looking at people as people, if you're just looking at them as a cog in the machine, then there's no value. People want to know that you value them. And I tell you what, people will, it may sound like I'm bragging about myself, but people will do things for me because they've given me authority in their lives. I mean, there's two approaches to running a company. There's the boss where you're at top and the, 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 I guess you just call it the boss mentality where I'm at top and I'm barking orders down to my people, my upper management who's barking to my middle management who's barking down to the people who are on the front lines, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's the authority and look at that as an upside down triangle where I'm at the bottom. And the people who are on the front lines are talking to middle and upper management and bringing it to me. And my job is just to say, is, what do you need? How can I help you? What can I do to support you? Instead of barking arrows down, I'm underneath supporting up, mm-hmm. right? And that is the authority approach. So when, I, when people give me authority, if I say, hey, I need you to do this or do that, they're like, yes, sir, no, you know, no problem. How can I do it? How can I help you? Or they're coming to me. And saying we need to do this or do that, you know. And I mean, one of the problems I have now in this culture at the company I'm at now is telling my employees not to work, which sounds strange, right? But <laughs> you have my I, attention. Yes. I, well, I have certain employees, are right? You, are you hiring? Because I like the idea of this not having to work. <laughs> not to work. <laughs> I have employees who will take their nights and their weekends to get stuff done. Right. Right. And I'll say, 
don't work on nights and weekends during the day. And if you don't have, if your time is so full and you can't do it, we're either doing one of two things. We're either inefficient in how we're doing things and we need to look at our systems and do them better, or it's too much for one person to do. You need to get help. I literally just said that to one of my employees today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's the truth. And just because if you have to work on nights and weekends, then that's a problem. Now, this one employee I'm talking about, she is so dedicated and such a hard worker that to her it's like, oh, it's no big deal. I don't care. But because I truly care about her, I don't want her spending her nights and weekends doing work stuff. Now, well, her family sacrifices, her time, her her joy sacrifices. It. She may be passionate about what she does, but at some point, your job shouldn't be a burden to you. Yeah, that passion's going to be overrun uh, by just where you you feel underappreciated because at some point someone's going to just start expecting you to do that every time. Well, and I think they may feel taken advantage. Probably not in your culture, but I can see if that happens. Not. Yeah, I mean, she's so appreciative of the position and and what we've done for her that she totally applies herself and she won't say no sometimes. So I'm forcing her to say no and forcing her to get an assistant, which we've done. And, you know, and also looking at our systems, you know, if it takes this much time to do work, then we may be doing something wrong and we need to change what we're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you kind of opening up a little bit about uh, how you started creating that culture, how you kind of view culture and, and some of the different things that you have. Um, I know one of the things that you were talking about was just, you know, that you're in the people business. And I think it's it's tough sometimes because I've found myself saying this, that, you know, the business would run so much easier if there wasn't people involved. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind well, of, with, I mean, along with people comes personalities and comes backgrounds and comes temperaments and emotions, you know, and that's the hard part. And it, I mean, there are some people who just won't want to be helped and you have to identify that and say, okay, maybe this isn't the place for you, right. you know, but if you're willing to jump in and help in any way you can, like say attitude, um, you'll flourish. But if you are not willing to, if you can't, I mean, honestly, God, if you can't flourish in one of my companies, then you're not going to make it anywhere, honestly, because we give you every opportunity to grow and be something here, you know, because we truly care about our people and they know it. And those who recognize it and uh, appreciate it, they grow and they flourish. And the hard part is sometimes, I mean, what you do for me uh, this may only be a stepping stone to the next thing in your career. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Because if you step up and go do the thing that you're really, truly passionate about, the thing you really, truly love, I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. Because I want you, If I, I mean, if I honestly don't have your heart, I don't have anything. And if your heart is somewhere else, then I want you to be happy and go do that other thing. I mean, you remember when we, we got going on following your dreams, there was three different employees that wanted to do other things and we encouraged them to go to school and to take these steps to do so and they left mm-hmm. but they were happy yeah no and that's i think that's the beautiful part about it because really like it, it's a business and business is what brings us together but when it really comes down to it i think a lot of the people that have either worked with you or worked for you uh you have relationships with them beyond the actual work environment and i think I think that part is kind of the cool part because we're really just all trying to accomplish the same thing. We're trying to provide for our families. We're trying to be successful. We're trying to leave a legacy of some kind. And I think we get hung up on trying to hit certain level of achievement and we kind of forget that there's other people involved here. Right. And uh, I would much rather have a situation where I had an employee leave because they were wanting to go do something that they were passionate about as opposed mm-hmm. to just suffering through and not and we, being passionate about what they're doing. The funny thing is we encourage them too. 
you know, did, but I think you remember, said, I think remember you said, the ones uh, want to be a masseuse, right? right? Yeah. And so I said to her, okay, so what are the steps you would have to take to be a masseuse? Well, I would have to go to school and I would have to do this and do that and get, get registered and get licensed. Okay. So what school teaches this? Well, this school does. I said, well, go sign up then. Yeah. You know, do it nights and weekends if you have to. And uh-huh. she was like, you understand if I, if I do this, then I'm going to leave here. I said, I would rather have you go do what you're happy to do than be here and stuck in a job that is not who you are, you know. And she's still a masseuse and doing a great job from what I understand. Yeah, but I remember when she came in and said she's ready to move to that next level. I think you said you're dead to me. Yeah, I, I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> you said, I was just kidding about all that stuff. Oh, I was just yeah. trying to, no. <laughs> I, I actually. I did I, say that, though. No, yeah, I, 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 I like to tease people like that you know yeah, no but you know there was something else i was thinking of uh, when you were you were talking i'm trying to remember what it was keep talking i'll think of it and i'll interrupt you and then we can go <laughs> <laughs> well uh, you actually kind of queued up one of the stories because I, what i wanted to ask you was you know as you've changed that culture that was probably at least 10 years ago it was, more uh, than that. It was like yeah. right after you started yeah so it, it was it was right right around that time period what has been the result like what what have you seen as a result of that? I mean, obviously, you got people that are passionate about what they do or whatever else, but I'd love to drill down to a specific example of something that has happened as a result of you being intentional with your culture. You know, I think what it comes down to is we have to really define what is success, okay? As a business owner or an operator, you're going to say uh, a good bottom line, a good profit, I got profit sharing or whatever it is, it's money. And I would say to that person, then you truly don't understand what success is because I think many times we like to measure uh, the results of success by dollars or excuse me material possessions or you know items and the thing that we have to realize is true wealth is a reward and it's a reward for services rendered right if you're working if you're trading hours for dollars you'll never have enough because you'll never truly be happy as a business owner operator having people around you who support what you're doing, help you realize the the uh, vision of the company, to understand that the main purpose of this company is to serve our customers in whatever way we can. That can't be purchased. That can't be measured with dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that you have to make sure everybody in your company is happy uh, because there's no way to do that. People will decide to be happy or grumpy on their own. I think you give them the opportunity or the environment to be the most that they can be as an individual. But it's up to them ultimately to choose to take advantage of that or not. So I know that's a very broad answer to your very specific question. So let me see if I can drill it down a little bit. I wasn't going to let you off the hook just so you know. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, John Lee. (laughs) But for me personally seeing people grow as individuals seeing them move into different to a place in life that they didn't even realize they could be at as a worker as a husband a mother a wife a spouse uh because our i mean we spend eight to ten hours a day at work and you know in the morning you don't spend a lot of time at home and at night you come home and you eat and you're tired and you do things right the most productive time of your life is usually at your work. The most social time of your life is usually at your work. And so to make an environment that causes the individual to grow, right? I mean, a lot of people will listen to motivational tapes or go to church or do other things that put good things into their lives. 
But if you can have something like that every day at the office that you work at, Mm -hmm. where you're seen as valuable, you're seen as not a cog in the wheel, but as a valuable, important part of the organization, uh, people flourish in that. And again, sometimes people leave because they go on and do other things, and I'm happy for them when they do that. Like I said, they'll be dead to me if they do, but um, that is my greatest satisfaction, is seeing people be who they're supposed to be and realizing that. I don't know that I have a very specific instance. You're asking for that, and I don't know that I have that. Other than right, there's a I'm bunch gonna, of, I, I'm, I'm gonna let you pivot. You remind me of one. I'm gonna let you pivot a little. No, I was I wasn't gonna remind you of one because I actually I was hoping that there enough? was something probably more recent because it it's been a, it's been about three years since we worked together. So I was uh-huh. figuring there might have been something in there, but I will ask you this: You said one of the biggest uh, or most fulfilling things that you're able to do is show people that they're valuable. So how do you show somebody that works for you that they're valuable? I would say the same way that you do it with your wife and with your children, and that's time. Okay. So specific time. Um, In the company that I have right now, there's 11 full-time employees and probably 20 to 30 freelancers. Um, When we... Uh, go out. So my, my business is production, television production. So we will do, there's a lot of logistical stuff in the beginning. We'll do a lot of planning. I have a very smaller, you know, like a six, five person core team that we plan an event with. But then we actually go shoot a commercial, do something. It can be a group as large as 40 or 50 people, right? Mm-hmm. I go out of my way every time when we get on a large shoot to go shake everybody's hand, to tell them how much I appreciate them being there and just talk to them, mm-hmm. right? And it's funny, now when you see people who've worked with me on three or four or five different shoots, when we show up, it's almost like a family reunion. Hey, how's it going? And we're hugging and and everybody's talking and just so glad you're here. But I make a point to let each one of them know that I'm glad that they are here. Uh, Same thing. And one thing, here's one thing, great lesson in life. If you think of it, do it. Meaning if I'm thinking about somebody and I have good thoughts about them, text them or call them or email them right then. Mm-hmm. It's just thinking about you, wanting you to know how much I appreciate you. I love this and I love that about you. And that's it. You don't need anything. You don't want anything. But you're letting them know that you're thinking about them and that you care about them. And we have those thoughts go through our brains all the time. We just don't take action on them. Um, I used to have, I don't know if you remember on my on my, um, on my phone, on my, aunt, uh, what do you call it, answering machine thingy? Your voicemail. There you go. Thank you, Chief. But that was a tough <laughs> one. And my voicemail on my phone, my voice message. Uh, I would say, you know, hey, this is Trace. You reached my cell phone. Sorry, I'm not able to take your call right now. But hey, do me this favor. The amount of time that you're going to take to call me right now, call somebody, the first person you think of, and tell them why you appreciate them. And I had people that would do it. And they call me up later. Oh, I called this guy that I hadn't thought about him forever. We talked for like two hours and I called this person. I just called my mom. I called my wife or whatever. And it's amazing. Just taking a few minutes out of a day. Mm-hmm. To just tell somebody that you what you appreciate about them, mm-hmm. and so that would be my secret to the culture thing with my employees is time. Try to find a way, and uh, if it's a lunch, it's a coffee. Just go and stand in their office and talk to them. Try to give each one of your people, and if it's a large corporation, at least your managers, a moment of your time. Un, what's the word? Un, un unhindered. Turn off the phone if you have to. Don't look at your text message if it comes in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is just you and me time. And it doesn't have to be long, five minutes, ten minutes. It does not have to be a large amount of time. But that person will know that you care about them, and that makes all the difference in the world. I love that you said if you think it, 
do it. And that's it. That's, I mean, that sums it up perfectly. One of the books that I read was creating magic by Lee Cockrell. And he talks about, uh, making sure that you give R to your employees. He, he yeah, A R E appreciation, encourage and recognize. And it's a little acronym. A R E. A R. Appreciation, recognize, encourage. I was, uh, I was writing that while you were talking. So Uh, funny. I have all the right letters there. I'm a list. He went to school folks. He did graduate college. So, uh, English, he wasn't an English major, but I think the one thing that, um, that really stuck out to me about R is that you have an unlimited supply. Mm. You never run out. And so it's one of the things that you can give and give and give and give and give. And you'll never deplete it. And the only thing it does is build up your team. It builds up your employees and it builds up everybody in your organization. Mm-hmm. And so. And you're setting an example and eventually you'll find the people that you're doing it to. Then we'll start to do it to each other. Exactly. And then you have an organization or a culture in your organization that is a, um, a looking for the good. Another thing we do, like uh, I've shot in uh, four feature films mm-hmm. and on the second feature film, I got this idea, and I believe these ideas are from the Lord. You know, these are these are things that come to me in meditation and prayer times. But one thing that's important is focus. What you focus on, you will see. If you're looking for bad, you'll find bad. If you're looking for good, you'll find good. And on a, in a production world, typical Hollywood production is not one of helping each other. It's not one of looking out for each other. It's one of, I'm going to cover my butt, make sure I get my stuff done, and that nobody can point a finger at me, right? Uh-huh. And so I run into that when we did our first film. We had some people from out, out of town. The people here in Tulsa are not that bad. They're actually pretty good about working together. But outside of Tulsa, there's it's a different culture. And so I thought, I, I need to do something that causes people to look for the good in each other. So we, we created the Director's Award of Excellence. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. And so on the first night, of the night before production, we had a little bit of a dinner. And this is something that most people do. But I had a dinner I brought. Because when you do a movie, it's, it's four weeks, six-day six weeks, 12-hour days. I mean, it's a lot of work. You're away from your family for all that time. So I invited the workers in town. I invited them to invite their spouse to come to this dinner. And we sat down and we had a dinner and I got everybody encouraged about the upcoming shoot and realized it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to be a lot of effort. But, you know, we're all on the same page. We're all working for the end goal here. And so I gave them that dinner as kind of a um, thank you for your dedication. Thank you, spouses, for allowing your your spouse to come do this thing for this period of time, be away from your family. And then I, I pulled out this Director's Award of Excellence, and I said, I want to recognize somebody today. And it was Erin um, Powell, I think, if you remember mm-hmm. her. Yep. And I said, Erin is a girl of great, um, what's the word? Integrity. Uh, integrity is a good word. It starts with a C. Come on, English major. That was not an character. English character. Character is the word. Yeah, there you go. She is a person of great character. I've worked with Erin for a few weeks, and I've seen that she's all about the mission. She's all about the goal. And so I want to give her this award. So I stood her up, brought her up front, handed her this award. It was the Director's Award of Excellence. And I said, I want to recognize excellence in you. Then after that, Erin's job the next day was to find somebody on the crew that she recognizes excellent and stand that person up at lunchtime and tell them why they like this person and what they find to be excellent. And that was the ongoing thing. So every lunch, the award would be passed on to the next person every day. So after 24 days of shooting, you know, 24 times this award was passed. And at the very end, um, I gave one last recognition. And it was amazing. The first couple times... 
people who were not used to being thanked, mm-hmm. people who were not used to being recognized for excellence. Um, they were like with the book thing, they were very skeptical. It's like, what is he up to? Why is he doing this? This is kind of cheesy. They think you have ulterior yeah. motives, I think. Exactly. They think I'm trying to get something out of this, right? Trying, and I, we, I, I thought was. you were trying to sell me Mary Kay or something. Originally. Well, that was that came down the road. <laughs> I got it was Monavie. Monavie, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but by the end of the first week, everybody was into it, and people were rushing to get to the lunch time because everybody go through the lunch line. Once everybody gone through the line and we're sitting down at the tables, then it was like, and I mean, there was times like, okay, okay, we're ready. Who's next? Who's next? And there was times when people were brought up front that they would break down and cry mm-hmm. when it was given to them because they were so moved that somebody would just say, thank you. Just mm-hmm. say, you're awesome. You know? And so it's focus. What are you focusing on? And so in the business here, it's the same thing. I look to focus on things. When somebody does a good job, we have our, our weekly production meetings and we have other little meetings too. I will specifically call people out and say, you know, well, thanks to Joe or thanks to, to Jonathan or whoever with his great idea, we were able to do this, blank, 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 right? And it just, it's amazing. Just a little, it doesn't, again, doesn't have to be a big thing, but just that they know that I'm watching and that I appreciate what they're doing. And you will find they will do things to be appreciated, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. They will go out of their way to be excellent so that they can be recognized. Well, we all like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. Tell me I'm excellent, Evan. Come you on. are, you are fantastic. Actually, and I think your podcast, The Successful Life Mindset, was a fantastic podcast. I'll give you a little plug on that. If we were in the middle of that podcast, you'd be hearing the music that had been playing for like 20 minutes when we were, <laughs> or when we were supposed to end, uh, but it just goes on and on and on. So yeah. we do need to wrap this up. But Tracy, I want to thank you for taking the time. My pleasure. Uh, first and foremost, to kind of talk to us on this podcast and to the audience. And uh, I want to thank you personally for everything that you've put into me. I believe that uh, the reason that I'm in the position that I am today and some of the success that I have today is because of you. And I, I, I feel I need to explain uh, because this, this podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. And I always get <laughs> asked the question, who, who is who's, Trost? Or some people will think that my last name is Trost. And so we are actually speaking to the founder of Trost Consulting, which then turned into Trost Marketing. And now uh, you run a, a targeted content marketing, which does DRTV ads for nonprofits, if I'm if I'm saying that correctly. That is correct. You've seen our commercials. If you've ever watched Fox and Friends, you've seen our commercials. Yeah. So if if, I'll try to put some links to some of those commercials so you guys can kind of see some of the things that Tracy does. And then obviously you guys are familiar with uh, what we do on this side. But again, thank you, Tracy, for everything that you've done, all the information that you've, you've given us. I mean, talking about shifting our mindset and that's uh, that's the most important thing. Do it. You know, all those, there's so much, there's so much meat here. It's almost like I need to have a, a, a talking, um, a talking YBT podcast where we just talk about everything that you talked about afterneath, uh, after uh, this conversation because there's so much to, to dissect here. But I enjoy it, and uh, you know we, we'd love to have you come back and, and talk yeah. to the group again. It's good stuff. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, young businessman. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the young businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.